Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. Andrea Earhart here, muralist, adventurer, and your host as I interview inspiring artists who are killing it in the art game to show you that it's completely possible to make a great living doing the thing you love to do. We highlight the business side of art to help you reach more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creative freedom. (laughs) Enjoy the show. This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural process. From coming up with an idea, to finding a wall to paint it on, to pitching your ideas to businesses, and finally, of course, I teach you exactly how to paint large scale. Murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business. I know because it has been one of the top ways that I've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as I have. With several years of experience as a muralist, I've dialed down the painting techniques, the proposals, the pitching, the whole bit. And now I've compiled it into one resource for you called the Mural Master Program. This is included inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, and I would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co, that is artistacademy.co, and click the link to see the Mural Master Program and learn more. And that's it, so let's get on with the show. This week's episode features London-based painter Angus Boyle. Angus and I recently met on Clubhouse, which is yet another social media platform for making connections. We were both speaking in a room and got onto the subject of podcasting, and it went something like, I have a podcast, you have a podcast, so let's do the podcast thing and be on each other's podcast. So here he is. He has a bit of a leg up on the marketing aspect of things with currently working for VaynerMedia. If you are familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk, it's his media company. So naturally, our talking points surround social media and marketing. We stumbled upon some really great possible tips for using ads with very specific targeting. If you're going to spend money, you might as well be smart about it, right? (laughs) We touch on audience growth, getting over perfectionism, and even a bit more on prints. So sit back and listen to this chat with two people who are just obsessed with art and marketing. And let me know what you think of this week's episode with Angus Boyle. Angus, if you could start off by explaining a little bit about how you got into the arts, what you're currently up to, and just all the things. Yep, so I am a digital marketer by day and an artist by night currently, um, working for a company called VaynerMedia, which is Gary V's marketing agency based in the London office here. And I did start working in a I used to work in a job I didn't like, was a big fan of his content, and then quit that job, realized they had job openings in London, and then sort of moved to London, and I've been working there for the last four years. And then since lockdown began, really, is when I've really gotten into art. Um, I had a few canvases. I'd done a couple of paintings in the past, but nothing would never have considered myself artistic or an artist and then at the start of lockdown I had a couple of canvases in my house did a few paintings was like oh I I don't know something just clicked and I just went absolutely bananas and I just haven't stopped painting since then basically. 
Oh, so cool. Yeah, I've heard this story. Not, not that exact story, but the whole being in lockdown here recently, a lot of people have had a lot of time. So this is awesome that you are one of those. And I, 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 there's so many artists that have been, you know, grown from this experience. So I look, like to look at it on a positive note now that we're almost a year into it, which is crazy. I know, it's crazy. So you know a lot about marketing, I'm guessing, from being, you know, into you know, Vayner Media. How did you get that job first off? How did you just apply or what? Yeah, like I said, I was working at a different job in digital marketing for a company I wasn't really enjoying. I actually once during the time that I was working at that other company drove 45 minutes one way on my own and sat in Dublin airport for 45 minutes because I knew Gary V was flying out of the airport and I was trying to blag my way on to being in an episode of Daily V. And I did, there was no videographer with him, but I did get to meet him, took a selfie with him and everything. And then fast forward another year, quit the job I wasn't enjoying, was working as a poker dealer because that was my college job. At the, so I was like, I'm just going to do that. I don't have a real job. It's too much stress. And then I was like, oh, I, I have no money. I need a real job again. And I was like, oh, Gary V's just opened a London office. I'm going to see if they have any jobs that suit me and found one that suited my experience, applied, and then... Literally about 10 days later, I was in London and I haven't looked back since for the last four and a bit years. That's awesome. So are you from Ireland or are you from London? Yeah, I'm from Ireland, born and raised in Dublin. Okay. Um, okay. Hence the, gin- the ginger hair is a giveaway. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the accent, the strong accent. I could listen to you talk all, all day. Like it, being on the call in Clubhouse with you and Lawrence and everybody, I was like, you guys' accents are just amazing. <laughs> And actually, you've mentioned that you went on a tea time with Gary Vee. I did indeed, yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I guess that was, so May, around May of last year. So I'd been getting into painting for a while. I sort of had decided to blag my way onto being on tea with Gary Vee through, you know, my VaynerMedia connections because I knew someone who was on pure attempt to try and make some money, basically. So John, our like internal messaging system saying, hey, was wondering, it's my 30th birthday, can I can I blag my way onto the show, basically? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. I had been working on, like, ebook I'd written about how to write a CV, like a resume, how to and how to get a job of your dream sort of thing. And literally about a week before, I was actually, I've been enjoying painting so much. This is, a, I think I'm going to, I would rather talk about that, because that's something that I can see myself doing and enjoying for the rest of my life, sort of. And the ebook was just a, and so I was supposed to be on on the day of my 30th birthday, had my family tuned in in Ireland and stuff. And then it got like I was back in the queue, got to like there was one person she was on and she ended up being on for about 20 minutes. And I missed sort of being on on my birthday. But her during that 20 minutes she was on, her Instagram following blew up, went like from 200 people to 1200 people or something in the space of 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, this is a really big opportunity. I better uh Maybe I should take this more seriously. So I had just been planning to ask a question. And off the back of that, that was on a Friday. I spent the weekend building a website, put all the paintings I'd done up on the website, then got on the episode on the Monday, and then ended up through that selling maybe three or four paintings. And that was sort of the kickstart to to my my artistry career. That's awesome. I love that you had a motivation to go do that because a lot of artists that I talk with, they're like, 
I might do a website this month. I don't know. And then a year later and they're like, one day I'll make a website. But you're like, okay, I got, there's something writing on this. And you you made a website and you got a sale, like a couple sales. So that's, that's exactly what it's for. That's perfect. What does Gary V say? So if anybody doesn't know Gary V, look him up. If you don't, then you're probably not on social media or something, but he (laughs) is so cool and so energetic and so business smart. What did he say Mm -hmm. to you about art advice? His biggest piece of advice that he recommended was to leverage the followings of other people who already had followings. So to reach out via DM to everyone I could think of who had a big following and offer to to give them a painting for free, basically, and not ask for anything in return. Hope that they end up sharing it and keep doing that over and over again, basically. Which is something I've done a bit, but I haven't seen much success with. Probably because I haven't been putting in the, you know, the five hours a day Gary V shift that he would tell me to. But the that was the biggest thing on that episode that he taught me, or like said to me. Then there's obviously working for his his marketing agency. I get I get a lot of lessons on the regular sort of of other things as well that I've. I could chat through as well if you think that'd be useful. Yeah, anything that can help people make money with art. We are all ears. <laughs> um, so these, there's a, there's probably a list of things, some of which I'm definitely not doing. So I'll say, do as I say, not as I do, I think, because um, <laughs> I'm still working on it for some of them. A couple of things probably starting out is like figuring out who is your target customer, trying to understand them as best as you possibly can understand what messaging is going to work with them what are they into what platforms are they on where is their attention all of that and understanding what does success look like because i think you know a lot of people maybe get caught up in something like follower numbers when in reality there could be someone who has a million followers and someone who has five thousand followers and if they've got five thousand of the right followers then they might be doing more business through those followers because they've got the right people so really understanding your audience and understanding what does success look like So if success looks like sales, then maybe you don't need to worry as much about the follower account, just about getting the right sort of followers. Then the biggest thing, I think, uh, and I'm definitely attempting to do some of this, but not doing it as well as I could be and, and something I constantly push myself to work on more. But I think this is the biggest thing. He would say himself, I'm pretty sure, this is the reason Gary Vee is so big um, and why he's had such success is because of the volume of content that he puts out. And I think that is the number one secret to to success at marketing is as many pieces of content as you can put out every single day on as many platforms as possible. Every time you do that, you're giving yourself another chance to succeed. And if you're testing lots of different things and a lot of people, you know, they they sort of have a lot of ideas, but then they talk themselves out of making a post because they're like, no, that would never work. or No, it doesn't. It doesn't look right for my brand or those sort of things. And what he says is just do all of them, post them all, share all of those different ideas, then react to what the market is telling you. Because the more pieces of content you put out, the more chances you're getting for feedback from the market to tell you what's working and what's not. And so if you put out 10 pieces of content versus 100 pieces of content, that's that's 10 times as many chances to go viral or to have something pop. But that's also... 10x the amount of learnings you're getting so the things that don't work you can equally learn from you can say oh maybe there's a trend across these sort of posts that are a text only post aren't doing as well but when i post a video post this is just made up examples but you start to learn which sort of things resonate with with your audience which sort of things work and you can then double down and lean into the things that are working and over time by churning out all of that content you get to 
you sort of find right is what is the term we use internally at work is finding right creatively, figuring out exactly what works based on data rather than based on it sitting in a room and sort of spending hours agonizing over trying to make the perfect post that in your mind you subjectively think will work. We spend instead of spending all that time thinking about one post, spend a lot less time thinking about 10 posts and see which one actually does work with your actual followers and then figure out from that why it worked and do more of that basically. Oh, I love all of that. So don't overthink it. Just put it out if you have a quick idea. And I think too, you know, a lot of the times if I'm trying an idea, I get more ideas, you know, if I'm just yeah. trying something and nobody's laughing at me to do it. I'm like, well, maybe I'll try this too. Maybe I'll try that. Okay. And in my mind, I love Gary V's content and all, all of that. I love his approach and all of that. And, but in the back of my mind, I'm so, sometimes I'm like, because I know the content that will get a lot of engagement and I know the stuff that I want to put out that's maybe won't get that much engagement, but I still want to share it and I still want to do this and that. In my head, I'm conflicted a lot of the times. I'm like, well, do I just do the good stuff that I know is going to get a few thousand likes or do I do the thing that's maybe going to get one, 1,000 or a couple hundred, but it's still putting it out there. Do you have an, an opinion on that? I'm doing the second option. I don't listen to my brain. I'm like, no, yeah. just put out high quality stuff. I'm just like, I want to share this and I want to share that. But I'm always torn. I'm like, maybe I should be putting out the only really high quality stuff that people love. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think definitely the latter approach is right, is putting everything out there. Because I think, first of all, you never know which one of those things like might book the trend and might do better. But then I think the second part is you never know who that post is speaking to. So if it's something if it's something that's genuine and from the heart that you want to share, even if it's getting a lot less engagement, there's no saying that won't, again, be the right piece of content for the right person rather than the person who likes a post, the person who buys a piece of work, say. And so I think always the more that you can, the more that you can put out, the better. And likes and stuff like that are just, they're not necessarily the best metric of success because it, you never know who that's speaking to or who that's really having an impact on that piece of content, you know? So true. I actually have, as you're talking, I'm like, I have a great example of this. So I just did the 31 day challenge with every, every day I did the same cloud painting and but as I went on, they got less and less engagement on the video reel. And I was to the point, I was like, I, I mean, I'm going to post it and they sell, but the engagement was a fraction of what my, some of my other stuff was. Mm -hmm. So I was just baffled because I'm like, they sell, but the engagement <laughs> is not good. So yeah, that just, just kind of goes to your point of just yeah, sure. sales or sales speak. And that's, I think it ties back to knowing what you, what you're trying to do, right? So if sales is the objective, then not to be put off by those sort of less important metrics. Yeah, true. One other thing as well, I think, especially for like, that I think is worth bearing in mind, which is to think in marketing, there's a principle of the marketing funnel. So the, the funnel being this shape and the top of the funnel being like awareness marketing. And that's, you know, building a brand and building awareness among people. Then some of those people will move down the funnel to consideration. They're like thinking about maybe I'll buy this product, maybe I'll I'll engage with this brand. And then the bottom of the funnel being conversion. And I think a lot of people when they start out, they do their first 10 posts and they say, This isn't working because I haven't sold anything. When actually no one's ever gonna really buy on the first time they interact with a person or a brand. It takes a lot of those interactions. So the first while when you're starting to do posts, just think of it as that upper funnel, you're building awareness. 
and you're starting to push people down maybe after some time. But I think a lot of people give up far too early because they think, oh, well, I've done a few posts and I haven't had any success. But really, they are having success. They're starting to build that awareness. But it's just thinking of it as a more of a long-term game and a long-term play, I think. So true. That is so, so true. I love that you're saying that too. I feel like my mind is always in the long term and very few often in the present. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, if I do this, then maybe a week from now or a year from now, it's going to pay off. And I'm constantly in the long term and I'm like, no, just enjoy the present. It's okay. Okay, actually, somebody had a question right here. They just said, I'm such a perfectionist. I struggle ever finishing and then I just give up. Do you have any advice for somebody who's just a perfectionist? And so what would be your advice for someone who is a perfectionist and doesn't, so maybe with painting and or posting online, they're a perfectionist and they're so scared to just put things out there. I think there's two parts. So I think one thing, yeah, I have a podcast. The episode that I'm putting out this week is with a woman who she works for a company called Think Media and they're, uh, they sort of put out a lot of great content on YouTube about how to make YouTube videos and how to build a YouTube channel. And she said something that I wrote on a post-it note that I stuck on, on my wall in front of me because I struggle with that sometimes too is, you know, well, this isn't good enough to put out in public. And what she said was practice in public. That's how you should view it, that you're practicing and you're just practicing in public. Because if you sort of, I don't know, if you took up a new sport and you went to the first day of that sport, to expect that you're going to be as good as the people who've been doing that sport for, you know, 10 years is ludicrous. And no one would really expect that. But when it comes to content creation, for some reason, people think that they need to be world class when they start. And the answer is, that's impossible. You're not going to be. The cost of entry is putting out a bunch of content that isn't perfect, that is sort of subpar. And to just change that mindset rather than thinking, I need to be perfect, I need to do this amazingly, to think this isn't going to be perfect immediately. It's something, it's like a muscle I'm going to build over time. And so I'm just going to, but it it requires that I practice in public and people can see me practicing, but it doesn't matter. You need to just sort of push yourself through that fear, I think, and, and through that sort of questioning of judgment. So that's what I would say in terms of content, because that's something that someone said to me that really spoke to me. And in terms of painting, it's something I don't struggle with at all. My problem is, I, if anything, I paint too much because I just can't stop. So I don't know if you have advice on the painting half, if, if people are perfectionists about painting. Okay, yeah. And I love what you just said, practice in public. That is so good. I'm going to say Isn't that. It? I'm going to say that for a long time just because I get a lot of artists coming to me like, no, I'm scared. And like, just practice in public. Oh, that Mm -hmm. is such a good, and (laughs) oh, okay. I'm just marinating on that (laughs) in a second. Okay. Yeah. And uh, another thing on that though, too, basically kind of the same thing. What I always, what I tell people sometimes, people don't have to see you winning. People don't have to see you, the finished product. They just need to see you doing. You know, they they don't need to see some award that you just, they just need to see that you're working to remind them that you're an artist every day. That way, whenever they need you, it's basically the same thing, practice in public so that people can see that you're working. For the painting aspect, I think it can go both ways. There's something to be said for perfectionism. And, you know, if somebody is spending a lot of hours painting, you can, I mean, You could charge a lot more and you're going to get so much more practice in that way. However, we just did a 31-day challenge where you finish a painting 
a, a day for 31 days. So 31 paintings by the end of it. And there's also some magic in that because it forces you to be loose and it forces your mind to be creative and think of all these different ideas. Because if you think about it, the first idea that you think of is usually probably pretty basic. You're like, I'm going to paint a fl flamingo or something. And then you paint this generic flamingo head that everybody paints with it, you know, pointed down. And you're like, okay, on the second day, you're like, how can I make this more interesting? Third day. And then by day 20, you're painting an abstract flamingo, like made of flowers on in the desert. And it gets so much better the more and more you do it. So I would say there's a balance. <laughs> and I just had an artist with me. Um, she's in the Arts Academy Advanced and her name is Sarah. And she does really, really realistic, beautiful ocean art. And I challenged her and, and these take, you know, weeks or months to, mm -hmm. to paint. And I, I was like, hey, you should do it. And she was like, oh my gosh, no, I could not do this. And she painted a whale a day for 31 days. And it was amazing. And so I just talked to her about it today and she's like, I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> it was a lot for her, but yeah. it, it turned out so well. And so she's a really good example. I think her, it's Sarah Ocean Artist is on Instagram if you guys want to go check her out. And so she's a really great example of somebody who spends a lot of time on some and then cranks out some. And I think there's, there's just a balance in that. Yeah, that's true. And I think the other thing that I always tell myself is the percentage of my paintings are going to be not the best they're not going to be good but i think if something turns out like not great at least just move on leave that one in the past so true so but true the next one i'm like ooh, this one's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's just the the cost of practice too and I actually have this pile of canvases here and right outside my studio where there's about 30 canvases that I've collected over the past three or so years that I'm just priming over and painting over and restarting because they were a great idea when I started. And then now I just, I don't know, I just halfway through, I, I rarely give up on a painting, but sometimes, you know, you start it and I don't know, it just didn't work out. So, but those were ones exactly, I mean, you can paint something and it can always be painted over. That's the glory of painting yeah. i think that's the like a, a, a life lesson too it can always be painted over <laughs> cool so you that have given a ton of tips on here this is fantastic for for marketing purposes we were talking a little bit about audience growth is that kind of where you're at right now is kind of growing an audience yeah like I said, I have my own podcast, the Creative Marketing Podcast, and it is partially a hack that I've figured out. It's a great way to get advice because I've been able to get some cool, interesting people on. And that's that's the subject that I always sort of touch on with them is how they've gone about growing an audience. So I'd love to hear hear your sort of thoughts and your story about what's worked for you and how you've, how you've achieved success with this. Yeah. Okay. So audience growth, there's so many things. And just to, I'm going to try to avoid being, I don't know, bland in this because, you know, yeah, you have to have great content and then you just post consistently. Like that's what everybody says. And so I'm going to try to think outside the box in this a little bit more. But I do have to start out with the fact that it does come down to content, 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 <laughs> either producing a lot in order to get good or, you know, just, just getting your stuff to where the whites are white, your grid looks pretty. And so whenever someone does land on your stuff, whether through recommendation or like us, you know, being on this interview, if someone hops over from me to you and then seeing your stuff, they want to be able to see something that 
says follow me i guess <laughs> and mm -hmm. i guess the, the best way to do that is look at look at people that you follow that you know you are just like this is my person and not copy them but you know get an aesthetic that is similar and is appealing to someone so first off content is everything and then just like gary visa was saying and just like we're doing right now pair up with people and share the audience share the love <laughs> because i i interview somebody just about every week and that's exactly what we're doing where you know my audience is getting to know you your audience is getting to know me and they can choose to follow if they want to those things just consistently every week just pairing up with someone help a ton if you want to do on that same note a like a share for share on Instagram stories, if, if we were supposed to pair up, I would be like, hey, Angus, let's do a share for share. And I will post some of your art on my story and say, hey guys, if you like this, you should follow him because he's awesome. And then do a post and then you do one for me. Hey guys, if you like her, so you don't even have to get on an interview like this. You can just do a share for share, you know, just get into people's inboxes. Another one that I've done in order to get more students, get more Artist Academy members is I'll go to the hashtag artist on Instagram or aspiring artist. And I'll just go like comment on, on people's stuff and just be like, this is awesome. Or, you know, just, just comment on, on people's stuff on that hashtag, which it just takes time. However, my main thing for growing your audience right now is reels reels and TikTok, and gary v was actually one of the one of the ones who was just going on and on about TikTok way early on and i was like all right he's doing it i'm jumping on it he he was on it when it was musically he was like, yeah. guys this is good this is going to be big and then now he's the one who is also big on linkedin and so i'm on linkedin <laughs> he's i mean he's right more more often than not and so video, I just, I think video is the future. Video is everything right now. And if you can keep someone's attention for 10 to 15 seconds, that is. Invasion in your head that you're going to hook someone in. Probably, oh, probably 10K in the last few months from Reels. Right. And it's, yeah, but I mean, that was. TikTok and throwing up things on TikTok, seeing what works, making short videos, because everything that we do is content. I was packaging up print orders and mailing them out. And I did a time lapse of that. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. And I put it on there and it got way more views than I thought it was going to. I was like, yeah, this might not work. But that, it, it works. They like to see the behind the scenes stuff. And so video, yeah. video, video, video is everything right now. And I think it's only going to get bigger. So yeah. So how, how what would you say? Because I think hooking people with those sort of short videos is so important. What are some of the things you've seen working with that? Or like, how do you? So to hook someone for a video is for as an artist. So a time lapse is the easiest thing to do in in this space. Like because some of my viral videos are just simple time lapses that make something really, really quickly. And then an ending video of it being done or an ending photo of it being done with music that goes along with it and has a drum roll kind of a thing. And then at, at the end, the, the, the music changes to be like, ta-da, kind of a thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It, it'll just be like, do and then like, boom, it's, <laughs> it's made. <laughs> anyway, so basically time lapses, seeing someone make something really quickly and making big movements. So not so much to where if I'm just working on a painting 
and it's not start to finish, it doesn't do as well. I would say if you if you have that content, post it anyway, post any kind of video, but something like seeing a white wall and putting the camera up and seeing me, you know, draw something out, paint something in and getting those big movements down. Say I'm painting an animal on a wall, getting all that big movement down and then doing a time lapse up into seven, 10 seconds. And then at the end, showing the final result, like, hey, I just did this. That is what I think is the best formula to do it. And that's paired with good music, uh, really good lighting is huge. And it really needs to be well lit and or edited to be brighter and just have decent clarity. Like all, all of that really helps. But the content and what you're painting, if I'm painting something amazing, that is, I know it's going to do well rather than if I'm just doing something that's really quick with a pencil that'll take 30 minutes, that just doesn't do as well. But so making things, so making big things in a short amount of time will hook anybody because people will be like, what is she doing? <laughs> well, now I have to see it finish because I saw her start it. So <laughs> I want to see the ending. How does this end? <laughs> so yeah, how is your, how are you growing on online here recently? How is that going about? Slow, slow and steady, I think. That's my, I think, like you said, I'm trying to disregard those numbers almost and sort of very much think long term and sort of what happens, happens. One really interesting, exciting place, I think, which is where we met is is Clubhouse, because I think people can even look at somewhere like TikTok. I think there is, you know, potential there still. You can really get organic reach there and LinkedIn, I think. But I think there's still a certain level of like there's people who've already made it there, sort of. Being in Clubhouse now is getting it on the ground floor. And it's just like, I think there's so, so much potential there for the future. And so if you're someone who is comfortable talking and, and sort of using your voice, it's obviously a different skill set. Yeah, I think the, the amount of people who are getting on big names getting on the platform and um, the amount of press it's getting it seems it's a good one to get in now because I think there's so much potential for growth in the future, like moving forward. Awesome. Yeah, I think so too. I was kind of skeptical at first of Clubhouse and because mostly it's just another platform. And I was like, I just added TikTok and I can barely keep up with, you know, just, just posting the LinkedIn and Pinterest and all the things. But I think you're right. And I think it would be a good thing for me, especially because of I teach artists and a lot of people are on there to learn. Like Lawrence was saying, are you do you think it would be good to grow your art business, like to find buyers on there? Yeah, I guess it depends on the price point big time. I think probably maybe not directly. Yeah, there might. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a room that could be started on Clubhouse, something like home decor. And then you could be a guest speaker for that kind of a thing. Yeah. maybe. I like how you think. Yeah. That was something someone was saying recently that I hadn't really thought of as interior designers being the ultimate target audience for for an artist. Because if you get in with one interior designer, then that could potentially be so much repeat business, you know? Yeah, so true. Yeah, I have an interior designer friend. He, she's here locally, and her, her name is also Andrea. And she's re referred me to, I'd say, my biggest client that I've had in the past few years. She was the referral, and she was just like, yeah, he just needs stuff painted. I don't know. And so I went there, and yeah, he was, he's been my, been my biggest client. And it's been, it hasn't been a lot of little stuff, but it's been a lot of big stuff with her, which is what you want, you know? And I will say too, the interior designers usually have conferences every year. And that conference 
you can go and you can meet a lot of them at that time. I mean, I joined, I should say, the Interior Designers League or something here, here locally. So you pay $200 a year or something like that. And you can go to their meetings and you can meet them. And it takes a little bit to get to know them, but that's kind of mm -hmm. everything. But it can be a really big payoff. So I, and I need to do that way more. Actually, I don't think we've had actual in-person meetings, but we should. And yeah. yeah. So that's one, like I haven't, my day job is running paid advertising for clients, but it's not something I've necessarily explored for myself. But I have been thinking that LinkedIn advertising, targeting people who are interior designers Ooh. could be a very solid move. I reckon it's something to test out. Oh my gosh, that's so good. That's such a good idea. Yeah, because I'm like, man, ads, I don't know. Because spending money on TikTok, you're hitting a lot of kids and you'll you'll probably hit some, you'll hit something eventually. LinkedIn yeah. actually just did a training in the Arts Academy Advance about LinkedIn because I believe in it so much. And that same artist, Sarah, she got on LinkedIn and she she's also a scientist. So she does animals stuff. And mm -hmm. so she does animal art. And so she had a lot of connections on there. And we were just talking today how LinkedIn has been her most successful platform so far. People will DM on there and it's not as much spam and there's not a whole lot of likes, I feel, on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. but it's more quality. So targeting yeah. interior designers on LinkedIn. Oof, that is an idea. <laughs> and then the other, I think I mentioned this when we were on Clubhouse, but the other thing that I think is potential for paid advertising is targeting people aged 50 plus on Facebook. Because those are the people who have the buying power. They have generally the money to afford the art. And they are still, Facebook isn't as cool anymore. But like for them, they're still quite an active group on Facebook. And engage sometimes with advertising more than sort of maybe younger people who are so used to just Xing out of things and avoiding advertising. That that's another one that I'm considering uh, fray into. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. I, I remember you talking about that. And you mentioned a good point of like, because a lot of people, when they're older, they'll be, they'll be scrolling and they can't tell the difference between a sponsored ad <laughs> and, and really props to Facebook and Instagram and stuff for making it look so, so smooth in that. And so, yeah. ooh, I think you've got something there too. Like I sell fun little nursery cloud paintings. I could literally word it to be the best art for your grandchildren. <laughs> like, and target grandparents. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. This is so good. If you're going to spend money on ads, working at it smart like this is, I need to write this down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I need to write this down. Yeah. I, I'm writing it down. Feed upon grandparents on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but the joy of it is, that they're going to be happy with it as well. That's the ultimate. It's not even like taking advantage of them. They're just the people who can afford to buy nice things for their grandchildren and get joy out of it. So it's a win-win. So true on LinkedIn. I'm like, it's funny, I'm making notes like G GPA plus GMA equals grandkids <laughs> <laughs> equals Facebook. <laughs> LinkedIn. That's the, uh, the equation. <laughs> LinkedIn plus interior designers equals dollar signs. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Perfect. Oh, this has been such a good point. Do you have anything else you want to, because this is, this has all been pretty gold and I think we've almost, we're almost at our one hour. One more question is any thoughts on print? Because that's not something I've explored, not something I have, something I've thought about and it's always seemed a bit sort of scary and daunting and I've then just moved on and 
gone back to canvases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because prints, I remember having the idea for it for about a full year. This was a few years ago, but, and I remember, okay, well, I got to get my website up. Okay. I did that. Now I have to find an e-commerce solution to it. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll find that. And then there's just so many steps in the printing process and what kind of materials to use and all that there's, we could talk about prints for a long time and just not, not to sell you, but I have actually made a full course on prints and just walk through from start mm -hmm. to finish and the whole thing. And I recommend printers and such. It's probably a little different you being in the UK. So mm -hmm. I don't know that it would be relatable, but I'm just saying, but prints is such a big thing. And it gave me such a big headache that I was like, all right, typing everything out so nobody has to go searching. I've actually been through three printers here here locally to finally find my one that I will never leave. He is so great. So with prints, I highly recommend printing local unless you for sure know that you want to do it with no contact. And so that way you can do a drop ship type thing. And so you can go on someplace mm -hmm. like smugmug.com, just for example, and you can have people order prints directly through there. And then they ship them and they, they put your label on them and everything. I've, I've thought about that and I might even do that in the future. I'm not sure. But right now I just, I print locally and I pick them up every Monday, ship them out every Monday. And that's that. I offer paper and canvas prints. And my main seller is small canvas prints. So about 15 by 20 inches. I'm not sure what that is centimeters. <laughs> and paper prints as well. So they range from $40 to $350. So for a really small uh, paper print, it's about $40, $45. And then a big canvas is about $350. Just to give you the rundown, really. <laughs> Shipping. Yeah, is awesome. shipping is just a hassle so for me to ship to the uk it's about 50 dollars or so for just a smaller print and if you want to go bigger it's like 70 and then i just i, I can't ship a large print it's just it's insane it's like 300 dollars in shipping and that's i just can't do that so do you have any specific uh, questions about prints because there's so many ways i could go with it i mean how do you go from paint say painting on a canvas to print that's the bit that sort of blows my mind how do you get how how do you get from that how, is it high def photography and do you do that yourself or yeah how do you get it yeah so i guess i should just yeah start from the very beginning of it i used to take the photograph myself i have a nice sony camera and i got all that and did the whole investment in it and now i hardly use the camera because mostly <laughs> i will now will take the canvas the original artwork so i so if, if I paint something on canvas, I'll take it down to my local printer and he will photograph it and he'll print it right there because there's so many just color things to get right. And I find when I do it myself, I don't know enough about my camera and they always turn out a little bit too dark. So if you know something about a camera or know more, there's always mm -hmm. editing in it too. But still what I'm seeing in my camera and what I'm seeing on my Mac is way different than how the printer sees it. Some people will photograph themselves and print themselves. You can get a really nice printer. I have actually have a student who she got a printer, a really good deal, and so she just prints out at home because really the cost to print is about 50% almost of my total profit. So if you order a $100 print on my website, I'm, it's going to cost almost $50 to, for me to get it printed. It's a crazy... Mm -hmm. there's crazy margins on that there's a lot to know with the printing process and that's one that I was like I just don't want to do it <laughs> it's 
especially for canvas prints are a whole nother thing. Paper prints, maybe, but canvas prints, you have to wrap it around and I don't know. So yeah, you just take a really high quality photo, but I now just let them do it. So outsourcing is the move then. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm content whenever I send my printer a print list. I'm just like, okay, Todd, thanks. And I'm just like, okay, not my problem anymore <laughs> until next week until I pick them up. But yeah. And then now I've gotten to the point where I actually hire someone to come over every Monday. She's here probably right behind me. It's Samantha. And she actually helps me get out all the prints because it was in the beginning. I would only sell one here and there. And then I would sell a bunch on, I would do a birthday sale for prints and I would, I would discount whatever percentage of age I was. So this past year was 31, 31% off. And that was always, it has been bigger and bigger and bigger every year. And that was, that was just my way of selling prints. And I didn't really sell a whole lot other than that. And then lately I've had a couple viral videos on TikTok and, and Instagram, and that's resulted in a lot of print sales. So they just keep coming and I don't, awesome. so yeah, it's a great problem to have yeah. <laughs> really busy, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, just, and, but prints just know it's going to start out really, really slow. But again, just like you said earlier, it was just like, you're planning for the future. You're doing all this work to set up the system and it'll eventually pay off because you create something once as you know and then you can make $50 on it you know I I complain about the print cost but I'm still making $50 for doing nothing really I've already got it set up I've already just done the whole thing so yeah it's it's great and now I even put a pink bow on everything it's all packaged (laughs) which is another reason why I was like I don't know if I want to do just automatic print and ship where I don't touch it at all I really love to hand sign I love to send a signed note and I love to put the pink bow on it because I think that's an experience. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, do you have any more questions or comments or anything marketing or anything before we get off here? I think we've touched on most of it. We've done a lot. Thank you for, yeah. (laughs) And and despite the internet, we've we've made it through. Yeah. And now now you're clear as day. So, of course. Typical. (laughs) Yeah, it's typical. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. It's super great to get to know you. If my husband was here, he would make a joke about how we could read each other's minds since we're both redheads or something. But, yeah, it was great to meet you. I'm super glad we connected on Clubhouse. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for for having me on. And uh, I'll see you on Clubhouse someday soon. Yeah, sounds good. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you later. You too. Thank you, Andrea. Bye-bye. Bye. This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural process from coming up with an idea to finding a wall to paint it on to pitching your ideas to businesses and finally of course i teach you exactly how to paint large scale murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business i know because it has been one of the top ways that i've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as i have with several years of experience as a muralist i've dialed down the painting techniques the proposals the pitching, the whole bit. And now I've compiled it into one resource for you called the Mural Master Program. This is included inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, and I would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co, that is artistacademy.co, and click the link to see the Mural Master Program and learn more.
If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am art by Andrea Earhart. I will gladly share your art on my Instagram story with a reach of over 60,000 as a thank you for helping us grow this Artist Academy community. And speaking of community, if you would like to be a part of our absolutely free and very encouraging community on social media, just head over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy, and I will see you next week. <laughs>